Hello friends, today we are reading Mark chapter 9. As always, before we begin, let us go ahead and pray over the word that we will receive today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the people in our lives. Thank you for the many blessings that you pour down in our lives. Lord, we pray for the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to really grasp the word that we're about to receive to be able to put it to work into our own lives, and to be able to share this word with whoever needs to hear it. Help us to bear the fruits of your Spirit in all that we do, and allow us to be a beacon of light for your love, kindness, grace, and mercy. Holy Spirit, be breathed into us today, and allow us to walk in your guidance in each and every step. Give us your discernment in all things and allow us to understand the truth behind the message you want us to receive today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this first section here is actually adding on to the last section in chapter 8 called The Way of the Cross. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. This next section is called the Transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain... Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. This next section is called, Jesus Heals a Boy Possessed by an Impure Spirit. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law were arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who was possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, immediately it threw the boy into a convulsion. 
He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. This next section is called Jesus Predicts His Death a Second Time. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were, because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. This next section is called, Whoever is not against us is for us. Teacher, said John, We saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. For no one who does miracles in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. This next section is called Causing to Stumble. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die, and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, who can make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves, and be at peace with each other. So that is the end of chapter 9. So the thing about 
the little children in the way that they believe in God. They believe with almost a innocent naivety because when you're a child, you don't know the dangers that are out in the world. As you grow, you learn about the dangers. So when you're little and you don't know about what could happen, you don't think about what could happen. You only think about good things that you experience, like magic. You see magic and you believe in magic because, in your mind, there's no explanation other than magic. And then when someone tells you something, you have no reason not to believe them. So when we learned about God in our Sunday schools, we learned about him wholeheartedly. We believed everything that everybody was telling us. And we didn't have any reason not to. And as we grew, if we stayed in that consistency of learning the word of God and learning who God was and what he's done for us and not allowing different ideas to rot our beliefs, then we grew up and became people who were so full of faith. So I was reading Isaiah today and that was the chapter that I had. It was Isaiah 42. And in verse 16, it says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. And I think that this is what Jesus was meaning when he said, that um, if anyone should cause one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. So whenever he's saying one of these little ones, he's not only talking about children, he's also talking about the people who believe in him, who have such blind faith and in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16, he shows that uh, one of the ways that he was talking about, too, were the blind. This definitely makes sense to me, as I imagine it's a lot easier to follow God's direction if you're blind. Because when you're looking at everything around you, and God is leading you, but you're too distracted with all the chaos around you, it gets hard to follow. So Lord, I get your message. I hear you loud and clear. From now on, I am closing my eyes and letting you lead me to wherever I need to be. I hope that you guys enjoyed this message and that you were able to get something from the message as well. That is all the time that I have for today, so till next time.